Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And round three is in the books and a bit of a reality check round. A lot of teams that were favoured ended up losing, I think, five of the favourites. If you don't include the draw between the Raiders, were upset. So, uh, as we do know, you can't turn up any week in the NRL and expect that you're going to get a win, bro. Well, you can't, no. Uh, Spanner's definitely been thrown in the works, but we expect that this time of the year, probably for the first six to eight weeks, this is going to happen. So, until they uh, sort themselves out, but... Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Easter come early, really. Uh, it's earlier than normal, so looking forward to the Good Friday games especially. Um, so, But we'll rip in and have a chat about round three. Yes, and kicking things off, fast five, best, worst, high, low, and any questions. I've obviously got you blokes this afternoon and ladies out there to put up your fast five, so I'll be answering your questions as well. But, Brock, who was your best? Uh, best team, well, the Eels, uh, and the best player in that team I thought was Sammy Radrara the other night. Uh, closely followed by Corey Norman. I thought Corey Norman was outstanding. Uh, their defence in particular, the Eels, was very impressive and uh, question marks again raised over the Bulldogs' attack. Oh, I, I can't uh, agree any more with that. I probably had a look at a few teams, but I, again, looking at the importance of the win, I think that was a good one for the Eels, so they're probably my best. Best player, I thought there was a couple of people that stood out. I thought Soliola did a really good job for the Raiders in the back row. Lachlan Coote uh, at fullback for the Cowboys, sensational. And Matty Parcell in his first start, there was a couple that really stood out for me. Yeah, so. we've been calling for that one, or I've been calling for Parcell. But oh, we said in the last time. year when he got signed that he would definitely make an impact, no doubt about that. Who was your worst? Uh, the Roosters' defence, and just their resolve in general. I thought they were very poor on Thursday night, bordering on embarrassing and we know how good of a coach Trent Robinson is, so it's definitely not the coaching uh, that's the issue. Obviously, they're undermanned at the moment, but uh, that, that, was, that wasn't acceptable. Still have ridiculous amount of internationals in their forward pack. Mine was exactly the same. I had all the roosters bar Kenny Dow, really. Kenny Dow was good. Yeah. Um, I thought Latrell Mitchell looked pretty good at the fullback as well with limited chances. Yeah, but he still... There was times there where he copped a little bit of a bump, and he, he wouldn't get back in the defensive line, and... He's got a little bit of toughening up to yeah, obviously he's only yeah he's only uh, like obviously early in his career and uh, they're undermanned at the moment so he's not really getting let around much. Probably the other one I thought Jake Friend made sixty five yeah, tackles. I thought Isaac Liu was pretty solid as well in his yeah. time on the field, but yeah, I, it's hard to wrap anyone when you get beat forty nil. Yeah, well as a whole, definitely. Uh, what was your highlight? Uh, the highlight, the first one was that, um, well, on the field was the Newcastle Raiders game. I thought it was the most entertaining game of the round. It was a bit scrappy, but uh, went to Golden Point, uh, and that was exciting. So I enjoyed that. That was on Saturday afternoon. Loved day football. Uh, off the field, it was Greenberg being appointed to see. I think he's got a good vision for the game. It's been a long time coming. I don't know why it took so long, uh, but I think it's positive. I think he's got a good 
obviously a good vision and he's got a football background, so I think he'll do a better job than Dave Smith. Uh, I think Dave Smith, mind you, served his purpose. I think he's put the game in a better position than when he left it, but I think Greenberg uh, could really take, take the game forward in, in leaps and bounds, hopefully. Yep, well, my highlight, uh, I love debuts. We all know a lot of people on this show know that I love pointing out young blokes that are coming through, but Tamari Martin, uh, massive debut for him, grabbed a, a meat pie, kicked the winning field goal, and the young bloke, Corey Dennis, who debuted for the Newcastle Knights. I'm pretty sure he's only just started to play the under-20s this year. I'm not sure if he got a run last year. I didn't see too much of their TV games, but he got a double on debut. Uh, and the other one was Tim Simona's hit on Greg Bird. I thought that was an absolute cracker. Yeah. Textbook and... Yeah, I thought that was a rip of it. What about your low? Well, the concussion farce. I'm a bit sick of it. Uh, Tepai Morale went up the tunnel on Friday night, threw up, uh, and somehow got cleared of concussion and came back down and played in the second half. Uh, obviously, last week we had Sia Soliola against the Roosters tackling an invisible man. Uh, and then one you pointed out last night was the Jake Chaboyevich. Yeah, he copped a... He copped a knock I can't remember who. He copped a hip yeah, he or copped something. A hip. I know the one you're And he was about. just sitting there, and I was kind of like, well, it's... He's not absolutely dazed, but he's not moving. You can clearly see that he's stunned, and he got back in the line late, and then he took a sloppy hit up not long after. And I'm like, he's obviously trying to cover up, but he keeps at this rate. Who, who throws up spews like oh, after after rattled. concussion? You're and, and he's like, that's just ridiculous that they're allowed back on the field. Well, this absolutely is, ridiculous. The thing to think about now is this a result of the interchange and how you know potent it's been. No, 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 no. That, they wouldn't have co- they wouldn't have cost him an interchange because he would have gone off with the head knock. It doesn't cost him an interchange. I think it is, isn't well, it? it cost after them, the well, after minutes. ten minutes, it cost them one. It's fifteen, I think they get now. They get okay. the test or the new yeah. thing, and then they, if they're not cleared, that counts. Well, maybe so, we need to. Maybe that, we need to look desperate? at that. But I think if you can cast, it's technically it's not foul play, but that should be. Well, the sooner free. we get an independent doctor, the better. And but, but I think if they I think if they're ruled as being concussed, definitely concussed and ruled out, it shouldn't cost you an interchange. No, that's and right. Then coaches wouldn't really. They I'm with that as well. You much. shouldn't get punished for somebody copping a head knock because player a... safety's got to come first, and it's just it's a farce and it's embarrassing, and it's going to take something serious to happen for it to be pulled back into line. I know the NRL made a few; they fined a few clubs last year and yeah. made a bit of noise about it, but they've dropped the ball on this again. You shouldn't it's, get punished. Gone quiet. I'm with you. That's basically what I was about to say. You shouldn't get punished for somebody copping a head knock, and then 15. I get the whole 15 minute thing to get back, but to say okay, now it's cost you one. If they're going to cut the interchange and you want to do this as well, they are going to push the boundaries. But I think you shouldn't be punished for somebody copping a head knock and they can't come back. Ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. My low was two injuries from the weekend and obviously uh, a certain head eye from last night. But Burgess moment, you never want to see somebody go down with a neck problem. Um, It was positive straight away to see that he was moving his hands and wiggling his feet and all that. He definitely wasn't comfortable. Um, The reports have been somewhat positive so far and hopefully they stay that way. But... Um, immediately, yeah. When I, once I saw him moving his hands and, and feet and all that, I, I was pretty happy um, to realise that. The other one's Ian Henderson, the poor bastard. He's come oh, back. That, and that was late in the game. Yeah, and he, he's very innocuous. He cops a bit of a bump from behind, gets a, a compound fracture. He's just come back. It's actually the club he started with all these years yeah. ago. They're saying that's the end of him. He's probably going to retire. So that's not how you want to come back, play a couple of games in a side that's getting romped and then break your leg. Yeah, he was trying pretty hard as well. His effort was oh, pretty good. Always has been, even when he was here and over in England. The other low light for me was the tap-out tackle. I thought he had time to pull out. He had his feet planted. He wasn't engaged. He clearly saw he dropped the ball. Bird took a few more steps. He still cracked him, and somehow he's anyway. Well, weak. that's... I remember Sonny Bill Williams got sent off... Uh, this is probably going 2007, I think it was, 2006, 2007, against 
Newcastle. He knocked Andrew Johns out with basically the same tackle. Break got sent off. And what's the send-off now? If that's not a send-off, then I don't know what is. Because Jack Bird goes off the field and he doesn't return. Yeah. And that's what, a clear advantage to Manly. Look, Graham, it didn't cost him the game. No. It didn't cost him the game at all. Like The Sharks were poor. But, I mean, there's got to be some sort of evening up in that situation. I, I, and I've said it for years on the podcast that if you're as out, soon yeah. as someone not... If you, in that situation, Martin Tapao's off the field as long as Jack Bird is. Mm, and he was done. Simple. He was not, don't, don't have to send him off, but you've concussed him. And it was bordering intentional. I don't know what... No, well, I, I don't I, know, You can't really prove intent, but... He had plenty of time. He dropped the ball, as you said. The ball was gone. He wasn't engaged or rushing. He and was flat-footed. he flat hit him flat, flush on the... Dr- so I he, think Martin Tapao, to me, he's trying too hard to live up to this tough guy, this big guy sort of persona, I think it's rubbing me up the wrong way a little bit. Like, I thought it was a cheap shot, to be, to be fair. Well, it leaves you the sour taste, because you watch the rest of the game, he did play well. Um, yeah, and he can, but I just think he's got, that, got a little bit of that again, in. It was like, but he went after him, and I, I know we're talking about intent again, I don't want to say, that, you know, like, is he a grubber or is he not? But well, he tended I, to hurt him. I, I thought, for sure, he had plenty of time. As a player, he, he didn't rush in, he wasn't jamming in, it wasn't a last-minute thing where he's clipped him. He's clearly dropped the ball. He had his plant, uh, his feet planted. And he's still through the arm, and he's just dead set. Crap. Well, I think Wade Graham called it out. They were saying there's no, a lot, of, grub, the a lot of grubby stuff going on, and he I, I, I agreed with him. Um, and yeah, the other thing I heard, so I think Brandy said oh, he level changed when he slipped. Well, even still, he yeah, just but, shouldn't but, have thrown the arm. He so, didn't have to. Pound hit him. level changed as well. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't have to hit him. That's ridiculous. That's, that's a dumb argument. Because so, it's, live, I was angry. It doesn't on the, excuse hitting him in the chin. Nah, but I was angry sitting on the lounge because they basically didn't say there was anything wrong with it. Like, oh, he's level changed. I'm like, what about the drop ball? He saw it and the extra steps. Well, Paul was, was on the ground. He was flat footed though. He yeah. didn't engage him. Ridiculous. So there wasn't. There was a massive gap between him clubbing him. Um, and they kept going, oh, it's in slow-mo. I watched it in fast. But he had plenty of time where he could have pushed him or something. He didn't have to crack him. He didn't have to, yeah. And then he's been charged by the match review committee. He gets off, what, with one week? He got the second lowest grade. It didn't even get into reckless or it's intentional. Careless. I think. How the careless. hell is that careless? So it wasn't reckless and it wasn't intentional. It's reckless at least. has to be reckless. Well, I, 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 I scratched my head. He got off light. Let's, let's put it that way. And like I said, it leaves a sour because I thought he played well. And last week, same deal. But these little moments that continually pop up. Like but that didn't... was in, what, the 30th minute, something like that? 25th yeah, it was minute. very early. So basically from that point in, point on in time, the Sharks play a man short. And then they put, and this one, you know, you're having a bad night. They put Beal on, he dislocates his tackle, uh, his finger, first, first tackle. tackle. Yeah. So, you know, they had a ready-made replacement and then that happened to him. So uh, what about your question? Any questions? Yeah, well, how many more losses can McFadden survive? Well, basically, the owners come out again. I saw this last week, which is why I didn't bring it up. Uh, they reckon he's, he's safe for the year, and he's been pretty solid so far, Eric Watson. So Who do they play this week? Newcastle. backing him in. If they get beat this week, he's gone. He's backed him in. He reckons he's not going anywhere, so I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest. If it happens, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but... Yeah. Eric Watson said it more than once, said it in the preseason. We're not talking said it about, about Matty Elliott, too, and he punted him after three or four weeks. Well, he's kept going, so he's adamant they like him, the players like him. If they like him, they're not playing that well for him. So, Well, they, it's a game they should have won on the weekend. Oh, they should have won. Anything else? No, that's it. Uh, do you think the Eels are a legit chance? For... Yeah, well, I had, I had them in my eight preseason. Yeah, but we so... talk, we're talking not just being that. I mean, do you think... No, they can't win the comp. If they've got all Pure their forwards... Me, he doesn't look fit at all. No, nah, he's got a bad hemi still. Yeah, he's but they're coming out. He's, he came, he's coming out saying that it's almost back to 100%. And it's getting better every week. It looks like it's getting worse every week. It is. He, that's what I said during the preseason. He wasn't even ready to go. They barely got him through the preseason. Well, the thing is, is they're, which annoyed they're, winning, me. they're winning with him at 50%. Yeah, so. but what annoyed me during the preseason, they're saying we're trying to get him through. 
but they weren't doing rehab or that. They were trying to train. I'm like, oh, we just, don't know that. If you pay yay amount of cash and they're saying they're trying to get him through the training, just put him on ice. Well, he didn't train much during the week, no, so you, they are putting him on but ice. But you've paid him a squill during the preseason, just get him right. Yeah, but you still need him training. He'll get he match fitness. He's playing for halves for crossover. So, like. yeah, exactly. How are you supposed to run a training session without your halves on the field? You know that more than anyone. Mate, preseason, so, you don't touch the ball until you start getting the Well, not during preseason, that, but at the time. moment. But they could have put him on ice and eased him up. He's been playing a lot of football, much like these rep players, Smith, Slaters, these guys. Well, and that's guys. the thing. That's how you, that's how you damage him. Most of them don't There have. needs to be a workload in the hamstring for it to be able to survive. You can't just put him on ice well, if you've got then issues, put him out. If you've got issues, that's, that's how you're going to snap You obviously hamstring. need to stop and have a rest because it keeps well, happening. I th- I'd imagine they would be giving him a rest. Yeah, well, not We're now not during the season. Know, They're three rounds in. They should have done something about the preseason. Well, what do you think they did? Nothing during the preseason, then they've addressed it now. Well, the way they talked no about way. it, they were pushing along no, trying no to get way. him through. So, to me, that's just stupid. Mm. I've got a long way to go. Uh, the other one I had about the cap situation, I think it should have been solved by now. Do you think anything's going to come of this? Yeah, well, well they've seized their computers. Uh, Todd Greenberg said that it's number one, basically, on his on his list. But they can't go off cock a hoop. They can't fire the gun early. They need to get all the facts and make sure the punishment fits a crime. And uh, yeah, the same. But I don't I don't know why we're talking about. It. I think it'll will it eventually get there. But we need to wait for due process. You can't just fire off just because everyone wants the decision. Yeah, well, you need to get the decision right. You already answered one of the ones I had before, which is about the concussion and the interchanges kind of thing. After what we see, and the only other one I had is the bunker abuse. And I said this last week. I think it makes everything faster, but I'd like referees to Slow down still... a little bit. Slow down with it. Yeah, but if they see something, and I've seen a couple that are just obvious, and they can make a call, they still send up there. I know we don't want human error, but you just... It's annoying. Just make well, this a call. Is what I, I said You've this, seen it. I said this would be the issue with it, is that it's going to shorten the decisions, but it's, there's going to be more yeah, decisions to be made because it. referees are just going, well, I'm going to send it up there. Um yeah, look, I don't know. I think it's it's a much better system than what we had before. Oh, I'm fine with that. But look, I, uh, last night I thought they... Ashley Klein last week literally had his face in front of a ball that got grounded, still set it up, just blow it. And this week I saw a couple again where I was like, seriously, you're right there. Yeah, but there's some there that they make a call on and I go, why didn't you check that? And then there's some that are blatantly obvious that they do send up. I, I don't know. I, I thought the refereeing, the standard of refereeing on field on the weekend was poor, very poor, so... Uh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into referee bashing. I don't, I don't want to get started on that. No. Nah, well, the questions we got from some of our listeners, Matt Swinbourne, is GI captain material or should it go to Sam Burgess? So why are we are why why is that question popped up now? Well, in his highlight low light, what's he got here? GI's leadership he and direction the, the worst. I don't really blame for the field goal. They were terrible. Who cares in general. about the field goal? And the wet weather obviously uh, made that game an absolute dogfight. Suited the Dragons to a T. They're a defensive side. That narrowed things in the middle of the third, which suits them. I, I Look, Matt, to answer your question, I don't think it matters who's got the C next to their name. Sam Burgess is the leader of that yeah, side. Yeah, his actions. Um, G.I. got the captaincy, I think, because Sam Burgess left. Is that right? So yeah. it'll look a bit silly now. And John they, Sutton lost it up. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll look a bit stupid now if they went back and yeah. gave it to Sam Burgess. But obviously, the and, players on, on field... I look into Sam Burgess more than they are Greg Inglis. Yeah, and he, like you said, he's in the pack. He's leading from the but front. But now, more than ever, G. this I. is where GI needs to step up if Sam Burgess isn't going to be playing. Yeah, 100%. Dave McNeil, uh, are the Sharks overcoached? Same problems every year, even with changes to the roster. Well, it looks looked a little bit that way last night, but I, I don't know what to make of last night. It was it was awful. Their attack was terrible. Um, and last week, I think it got smothered a little bit because they played... Um, they obviously played, uh, sorry, the Dragons last week, whose attack was terrible. So, look, for me, I, I don't know whether they're overcoached, but 
Um, they do need to, especially in, in good ball, when they're attacking someone's line, they need to be a little bit more expansive and a little bit more thoughtful in what they're doing because they they were boring as batshit last night. And they, they never look like scoring, really, apart from kicks. Well, I'll tell you the one who's getting killed at the moment is Maloney, and they're not getting him any quick play levels. Every time he's getting something like yeah, that, they're, they're, like, they're straight under pressure. They're basically inviting sides to slow them down by running one out or dropping inside balls to get back to the post. That's what it looked like last night. Yeah. They just wanted to get to the post, split the halves either side, run a block and give the fullback early ball on, on an edge and try and make a 3v2. That's all they were trying to I do. I honestly think him and Townsend can work like him and Pierce did, which I loved. I, they were on the Andy Haas pairings that linked together and played. But I think Maloney's probably one of the best short side ball players in the comp as well, so I don't know why he wouldn't try and land on a tram or at yeah. 75% of the field, especially on the left, and open it up for Maloney yeah. to have a crack down a short side. Um, and if he doesn't see something, allow him to swing around and play both sides mm. of the field. But and they can look, look like this, this happened last year as well. I remember Paul Gallon on Sunday NRL about four rounds in, he said, look, and they, I think they lost their first three games last year or their first four. Yeah. And he was saying that Shane Flanagan's peeled it right back and... Got basic. Yeah, but just let, uh, relaxed all the um, structure. But it looks to me now he's got the players he wanted and yeah. now he's got a structure. structure so, look, the structure needs to suit the players you've got. I don't know how many times we have to say this, but at the moment, the structure that they've got in place there either isn't being executed properly or it doesn't suit the players they've got. Well, I think they're simply struggling, like I said, to get enough quick play the balls well, when they're trying to move the football. But how easy is, how hard is it to run in pairs to tip yeah, the ball exactly. on a little bit Push it and generate a quick and play The simple one for all the Sharks fans out there, you're already pressing the panic button. Don't. No, You've just fine. got a whole new spine. From last year, you have three new pieces in there, two guys that weren't even at the club. So mm. you can't panic. It's going to come together. And you know Maloney's a quality player. And enough people, I can't believe the amount of people are like, oh, I wouldn't have uh, Townsend in, I don't have Jack Bird here and move someone else. Like, you're kidding yourselves. If you watched him last year for the Warriors, he was very important. I thought Benny Barber was pretty steady last night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but they need time. Yeah. You've got three new guys in your spine, it's not going to happen. And Valentine Holmes doesn't look happy on the wing. No, he doesn't look happy on the uh, wing. They've said they've got him there for his try scoring ability, but I think they need well, to find him the ball. No, they need to find a way to get him involved with Barber, I think. He needs to be at the back more often as well. Well, maybe they look at something, Sheck Minicello, where they swing him around a little bit and allow Valentine to spend some time at fullback because at the moment he's not engaged in the game. He doesn't look interested. So no. well, and you're not going to get the best out I of him. I think you'd probably get a better kick return out of him, especially out of yardage because well, he's younger. And compared to Ben Barber, I doubt he's a well, better Ben ball. Barber got picked up and driven yeah, at least three or four times. He's a better time. ball player, though, I'm guessing. So you could do similar to what they did with Minichello and Sheck near the end. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, Randy Fester, Sharks attack. We've just answered that one. Who we got here? Adam Stevenson, Josh Hodgson, best hooker in the comp so far. Oh, he is. Biased, Hull KR, and Lewis and Graham for Origin. Lewis's time is definitely gone for me. There's a few yeah, guys. But I think you can put him on the bench. If you want a utility, utility but I think Wade Graham can play that role if they're not going to give him a back. No, Wade so. Graham's going to start for me in Origin. I'm with you, but um, he can play six, center, five, eight. If Josh they Hodgson, didn't put him there. He, he is the best hooker in the comp at the moment because he's leading the Dally M. But I think behind Smith, he's the second best hooker in the comp. He's very good. Based on last year. We wrapped him a million times last year. I said to you when I come out from that trial in Orange, I know it's only a trial, but the full strength first half, it was ridiculous. It was just Josh Hodgson. He kicked the 40-20, set a couple up, and then on the weekend they put a makeshift partner next to him in the pommy in Whitehead. He kicks a 40-20. He guides things nicely again. Yeah. He's played in the halves two weeks, which is not his natural position. Kicks the 40-20 the week before to put him in position to win the game. He's, he's a very good footballer. Um, and they've had a great... Great success with knockout signings so far. The Canberra Raiders for bringing them back from the Super League yeah. or bringing them from the Super League. So it's been uh, quite a convenient avenue for them. And I think they've proved that if you, you do a little bit of research, you can find a gem 
still over in that competition. But, uh, what have we got here? We've got the Facebook ones. David Crellin, after three rounds, do you guys feel that your top eight predictions are on track or would you change a few? Again, I think it's way too early to get into this kind of stuff. There's always a few that start bad well, that come good. The Roosters are one for me. I, I, yeah, well, I don't I'm, see I'm how the Roosters recover. But the rest I'm happy with. I've got the got the Warriors um, who look a bit shaky, but I think they'll come good. They've got it's a good just, The Warriors is going to be, you know they're going to start winning through origin. You know they're going to struggle at the start. The Warriors is going to be those last eight rounds. They need to grab a couple of wins still in this half, and you know they'll get five or six in the middle. And yeah, same deal again, like you said. What yeah. they do on the way home? If they can go, if they can go, you know, sixty percent, seventy-five or seventy percent through that regret. last eight rounds. Yeah. The only one I would regret probably is the Roosters for that reason. I thought being the best defensive side for three years, the systems they have in place. Yeah. I'd take six, I'd take the Roosters out, put the Raiders in. Yeah. That'd be the only change. Six I'd make. international forwards. I thought they would have stuck strong around their young blokes and found a way to jag a couple of wins during this period and then, then kick on. I'm pretty sure I had Roosters at eight and Ra- Raiders at nine anyway, so I'm only changing one position. Well, I left two out that were hard to leave out with the dogs and the bunnies, but already, and I'm not saying this is long term, I left them out looking at their strength of squad and both their attack. The bunnies this week potentially have no Reynolds, no Burgess, and during the year, I think if they get injuries, they've got no depth. So that could tear them apart. That's why I left them out. And everybody gets injuries. The dogs, I think, lack potency in attack. Got a good forward pack, but I just don't think they've changed at all. So I've left them out for that reason as well. Well, you um, saw that this weekend. But if I was going to change anything, one of those two, purely because of their coach, I would switch for the Roosters. I'm happy with Manly still because I think they've got time um, with all their changes. I'm not saying they're going to you know, flip it around and get top four, but I think they've got time to turn things around. No Manly? Doubt. Yeah. Uh, they got time to turn things around. The Sharks were terrible last night. Yeah, they were. But, you know, there was a lot of upsets this round, so it's get hard to get a bit of a gauge on everything so far. But, yeah, that's probably the only one I'd change. Matthew Johnson, will it be too late when the Rooster Stars make their way back in the side? If they well, haven't I think won... We just sort of answered that. I think, um, yeah, it, it may, may well be. If they go 0-6 and six or something like that... Well, Origins about round 12-13. I reckon they need at least four wins, and then they get back... Maria Hargraves, Cordon, and Pierce, and I think none of them... Yeah, but you get them back, but are they back at their best? It's obviously going to take them four or five weeks to get back to their best after. During that period, I think no one's playing Origin for the Roosters this year, to be honest. Probably Algera is the only one. So I think if they're unaffected and their draw suits them, which I haven't looked at, they can get a strong period in there, then it's the run home. Yeah. So I think think they can find a way. But this first 12 before Origin, I think they need at least three or four minimum, and then it's going to take a strong back end of the year. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd be pretty shaky if we're, like, six weeks in and they haven't won a game. Well, they run in, who do they run into this weekend? They play Eels. Manly. They play Manly this week. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, it's a little bit shaky. He's got also semi-origin three years, and the eligibility has changed. Surely he shouldn't be out no, playing for origin. that's why the well, eligibility rules change. He doesn't meet the requirements for origin, but he does to play for Australia, but I don't Well, how the hell does that work? Because you get to pick when you've had residency for a certain amount of time. So Same if you can play internationals too. for Australia, but you can't play origin. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, well, it's no it's different, it's no different it. to Curtis Rhino. He's born in WA. They told him he couldn't play. Yeah, origin. I get that. I get that because he's not born in he can play for the Kiwis or he can play for Australia. We're basically saying that semi right you're a Fijian. You're not allowed to play Origin, but we'll take you for Australia. Yeah, well, well that's what I'm saying. Which, I, I is, just, which is going to take the guts and weaken those Pacific Nation teams, which yeah. is totally against they the need, whole purpose and ideal that we're trying to push with international they football. It's going to become more relevant. To encourage them. Well, to they do. You're right. And I, if not, they are going to play for it. The first thing I thought today when they said, oh, I'd like to see Semi play so Fiji, play? I thought, well, when's the last time Fiji played? Yeah. Or who do they play? They're going yeah. to play and how a much game. money are they getting to play? Yeah. They're going to play the a game at Western Weekender, which is the other reason I don't envy any of these guys. They're going to play at the Weekender against Lebanon or somebody. 
get peanuts for it or they can play for Australia, I get a superannuation check for I about eight grand and twenty five thousand. So. But I don't think it, it weakens the product. I, yeah, well, I don't like it. They're allowed to, so until they make you know international well, I mean, football more. And appealing. then, but then again, you look at these eligibility rules, and then you look at James Tarmow. It's the biggest G up in the world. He's a straight up Kiwi. Well, in these eligibility rules they do have, he does qualify because he played his junior football here and he was here for a certain amount of time. So yeah, he's, he's still he'd still qualify for New South Wales under their rules. Now. Oh, no, I get that. But so that's just, I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know whether we got it right, but well, I not, think we've got it more right than what we had it. Not but, for the Luke Curie situation, we don't. He was born and bred in Queensland, played his junior football. Well, not for Greg Inglis either. It's he played ridiculous. all his bloody junior footy in New South Wales. So. Well, it's never going to be resolved no. 100%. Uh, James Hughes, Robson played three games for one try. Assist. How long to Lola here? Gets a crack. At halfback, I think he doesn't play halfback. He should be the six. Johnson should be playing half. He shouldn't be playing second yeah, field. They, play, they don't play half and five out anyway. They just yeah, play well, either side of the field, right? Peak, peak of his powers, he should be on the ball, non-stop, controlling their side, especially now that Isaac Luke's not playing and trying to help Roger Tuivasa-Shek out. Their forwards need to do more, obviously, in that sense. But I wouldn't have Robson in the side. And Johnson would be playing six for me. He'd be playing seven. Yeah, I'd, the number on their back, to me, doesn't make a difference. Justin White, Greenberg is CEO, probably the logical choice. Why not earlier? How do you think? Well, why not earlier? Who knows? Stuffed around, wasted money, did some big worldwide things, spent over $100,000. And they signed the guy in the next The best office. man was next door. Uh, I think he'll do fantastic. I think he was great at the Bulldogs. He knows business. He knows football. And he's not walking in the unknown. He's dealt with all these clubs. He's dealt with all these people. So he's a lot further ahead than anyone else coming from the outside would have been. That's for sure. Mm. Ian Stanmore, our team's beginning to flout the concussion rule again with reduced interchange this year. I'm seeing players who have no idea where they are come back on the field. Latest example, Shannon Boyd in the weekend. Well, there you go. There's another one. Yeah. Well, so, you've picked one out that I didn't see because I didn't uh, get to watch that game. No, I do. And I wish I'd write, write them down in each game because there's at least one in each game. Trevoy one Vince, in every two you games. You saw the Morale one. Uh, mate, we're probably with you 100% there. And the thing, big thing about that, I think the NRL now will need to let teams... Uh, not be punished by interchanges so this doesn't happen where they may be pushing because it's wrong. Shouldn't be allowed to happen. Jordan Palmer, how much longer do you boys think the Storm will stay undefeated this year? Well, who have they got this week? They're playing Cronulla in Cronulla. That's a hard game. Hmm. You know, you're not, for long. Ugly game. not for long. Usually they will it, lose. You know, most sides will lose one of their first four, I'd imagine, uh, based on the looking at the. Cronulla and Melbourne based on the weekend's form you think Melbourne would win but well, they played, uh, if they win this week they've got Newcastle the week after no offence to Newcastle but you'd say you're knocking them game. off then they have the Bulldogs at home at home so that's a 50-50 game Bulldogs usually do pretty well against Melbourne as well Yeah. so I could see easily in the next couple of weeks they play the Tigers so. the Tigers are a bit of a bunny side for us too and yeah. I think that's at Leichhardt where we've had a bad record Yeah. so there's three or four games coming up they're quite dangerous. The Warriors, and then the Warriors on Anzac Day, they always fire up again. Yeah. So over the next couple of weeks, mate, there's no doubt you're going to see Melbourne drop a game. Uh, they've been gritty. I don't think they've been outstanding, but they find a way to win because that's just what they do. Yeah. They're a very professional side. So uh, Paul Skews, aside from punching someone, is being sent for 10 in the bin. Dead, it didn't seem too long ago that Tapau would have been at least given 10. Yeah, well, in the Super League, that is 10. Yeah. The Super League's brought it in, and they've sort of adopted that theory that it's got to. You yeah, need to pay a price. Punished, you need, need to pay to a price. Yeah. So, look, I I'm happy with the the Super League theory. I'd also I'm pretty keen on my own. I, I don't understand why if you you knock a bloke out, then you should just go off the field as well. Yeah. Plain and simple. That just makes it easy. Yeah. Brendan Loftus, I'd like to get your opinions on Phil Good's comments about the lack of low legs tackles and how the defender gets penalised by the current interpretations in the game. Seen numerous times where the defender, after making a legs tackle, 
and stopping the attack gets penalised by the ref due to him attempting to slow the play of the ball down. Cheers, well, what what happens up. there is that if, if they tackle around the legs, what then happens is that man usually yeah. tries to make that second effort. Gets and on his belly, up. flops around like a spade. So, look, the only way they're going to fix this is if they say, if you make a one-on-one legs tackle, you can get to marker yeah. before that person who was tackled can play the ball. Mm. That's the only way you're going to fix it. I, I, don't, I don't know how Gus... And Gus is much more qualified and uh, spent a lot more time in the game than me and you, but look, I I don't know how they're going to fix it. Especially after having a lot to do with obviously high-level high coaching, the way that defence is coached now. Yeah. Low tackles have absolutely no benefit um, because it's not rewarded by the rules. So, plain and simply, they need to change the rules to allow it to be of benefit, basically. Or their interpretation. And on, a, on an edge, on a one-on-one tackle on an edge... Yeah. When it's either try or tackle, obviously they have a benefit because when you're dealing with one-on-one situations, legs tackles aren't really going to have a massive impact. It's more about making the tackle, not about how you make the tackle. But mm. through the middle of the field, look, you, the game is won and lost by the speed of the ruck. So, of course, coaches are coaching not to tackle around the legs because that means a player lands on his front, plays the ball quicker. Yeah, but that's they're this, looking at ways. That's part of this interpretation of the body language in a tackle where you get sold short for a legs tackle. You chop a bloke down, he only makes a couple of meters. You made a great tackle, but he flops around like a fish on the deck. Even a hip tackle, strikes, even you know? a hip tackle, anything under the ball that's under the ball that either A, allows an offload or B, allows a person to get their levers on the ground and play the ball quick is ineffective. Well, I saw one last night that killed me and I blew up about it. Tagatizi cut someone in half. He hit him in the waist though, but he put him on his back. Yeah. And he had him yeah, east-west east and he got penalised. And I was like, if that's not a dominant tackle, I'm not it. They pinned him immediately. He was like, release. I'm like, he just cut him in half. Mm. He absolutely power slammed him. Yeah, another tackle you're talking about, yeah. But it's that body language thing and the interpretation. But it's also the rule, the interpretation of the rule. But the ref should know by looking at the tackle. If you've been powerbombed on your back and a man's on top of you, you've been dominated. I don't care if you can kick and fiddle. If you've been dominated, you don't earn the right to play the ball. You've got three or four blokes on and they get you on your hands and knees and you're still fighting, you've earned the right. I think at the moment you're seeing two sides of the game. You're seeing in the early periods of the game when everyone's got some gas in the tank, there is a lot of that dominant tackle, that wrestle... Then later in the game, you are seeing a lot of legs tackles. And and two fatigue. So, look, I think we're going along the right track to bring it back in and make it become more relevant because obviously it's it's better to make a tackle than not to, but uh, I don't know how we fix it without changing the rules, Chris. So, was yeah. it Chris? No, no it wasn't Chris. Wrong one. That was Brendan. Brendan, yeah. Well, Chris Price, we've already answered this one. Should a player that forces another player from the field injured with no chance due to return because uh, of foul play be sent off? Uh, obviously talking about Not sent off, but they just should be off as yeah. long as well, the other players. There should be at least 10 minutes, something, last night to punish them for the situation they were left in, like the Super League. So I, I yeah, think... Yeah, it's either that or, yeah, he's, he's he off to as get long as the player's off. Yeah, yeah, either either. And they shouldn't be punished, like I said, for uh, someone being concussed in the sense of an interchange. Well, then he said the Sharks are up 8-zip, looked in complete control, agreed, then Bird's, Bird goes off well, and the Sharks go to shit. Don't I don't know whether... On Bird. Look, the Sharks had plenty of chances. Yeah. Shane Flanagan said that. They were impatient they uh, at half-time. They bombed probably two yeah, tries. They I, should have been I, up 20 zip at half time. I give Manly credit for their goal line defence, though. They stopped four yeah. or five tries. Agreed. But I, I thought the, the Sharks' attack was terrible. It was so. terrible, but still. They had to repel four or five chances, and they could have kicked the baby out with the bathwater in the first half when they had three denied yeah. uh, themselves. It's very easy to get discouraged, but they found a way to win, so um, not a bad effort. Jordan Regwell. 
chances of this year being the year that all Queensland teams make the finals? Went to the Titans game on Saturday and was really impressed with their energy and effort. Also, why are the Broncos so terrible in the second half? Have they even scored a try in the second half so far this year? Well, the second half of the Brisbane game, uh, sorry, the Para game, I don't think so. They kicked the field goal, that was it. From memory, the Warriors one, I think scored they scored. A try in the second half of the Warriors Yeah, game. he just put that under, actually, and on the weekend, no, they didn't. They kicked the field goal again. Yeah, I don't know. Look, that's... It's too early, again. Look, the, the, the Broncos look like they sort of want to get to a lead and just grind games out. Yeah, it's they too they early. sort of play different style of footy. I thought in round one and round two, they were there to be had late, uh, but the Warriors weren't good enough and Parramatta weren't good enough. Yeah. Um, and I thought it, it came back to bite them on the ass on the weekend, obviously, because they, yeah. they got rolled Put the on the rack. So what they need to do is finish off games. Yeah. That, that's the key for Brisbane at the moment. However, it is early in the year. Yeah, I'm not worried about um, it. I'm not worried about it at all. Obviously, if it goes on for a long period of time, it's going to be a concern. At the moment, to, to define trends after three rounds is clutching at straws a little yeah, bit. Look, I don't think the Titans aren't going to make the finals, I wouldn't think, um, because as soon as they get injury, injuries, they've got nothing. they're going to slide back a little bit. And you saw... Uh, on the weekend, just the reason why I've got the Titans and the Tigers out because one half and the one half is no different or is very different to the next half. Massively, the Tigers were awful. On the the inconsistency half. is what costs you in in games. You need to be consistent, and obviously that gets you Ws and gets you in the eight. But um, yeah, it's of, of a little bit of, of, of a concern. Um, but I, I, I can't see the Titans making the eight. No, no. Brisbane and the Cowboys will definitely. Easily. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's way too early to be reading this far into things. Same as the Sharks attack. You get in the middle of the year and nothing's clicking. And, uh, you know, their win-loss record looks pretty poor. Then you've got a problem. Well, the one for me... Right now, they're still just hanging the jab out, like I said a few weeks ago. They're just rolling through the motions. Craig Bellamy last week came out and said... Came into the press conference after the Titans game and said that his players were very, very impressed with the way the Titans play. So for me, that's the biggest rap I've heard on the Titans in the last four or five years since we've been struggling. For Melbourne, to, Melbourne of all teams to say, look, we were, we had to really produce to win that game. I think the Titans obviously are moving in the right direction, and Neil Henry's doing a great job. We've limited cattle, no, much limited cattle. The, so. the big thing is development internally. The few of the kids they've got in there, and they've got a few veterans plugging. It's the good to see Greg Bird playing well for the Titans. Yeah, he it's is. The he's the first a time since he's uh, been there. I don't know he struggled with injuries, but. He's, he's playing really well. well. I think he's taken a chip on his shoulder from Neil Henry as well when he spurred him for the captain. I think he's doing little things maybe just to try and light that fire at him and say, prove a point to me. Yeah. Prove a point. And good. it's, a, it's, a, contra- it's a contract year as well, yeah. so I good agree coaching. with all of it. And if he does want to stay, he doesn't. We've heard rumours he was going to the Roosters or back to Newcastle. Whatever comes of it, regardless, he's doesn't doing. Matter. I think he's doing all the right things to you know push the buttons of Greg Bird. And especially at this end of his career. That's his job. You want to see more at club, because all you think about when you think about Bird is obviously origin. I yeah. can't think of many good years at club football, to be honest. No. Uh, Kane Anderson, best, worst, highlight, low light, question, English. Thumbs up, champ. Good times. Uh, Johnny Juice, highlight, Panthers, second half, best, semi. Sorry, he doesn't have a question. Graham Wright, question, what do you see as the big three priorities for Todd Greenberg? Well, the salary cap situation. That's got to be resolved. Concussion. Concussion and the, the interchanges, the I don't think you should be punished. Yeah. Um, and if there was one other one I could come off the top of my head, I'd probably agree with what Paul Kent said the other day about GWS nudging in and junior development. I don't think, from speaking to mates that are starting to have kids now, or you talk to people at schools or a heap of mates like you that are PE teachers, AFL is absolutely everywhere. They reckon they're relentless. Free not, tickets, not at my school. Never basketballs. Seen, we've never, never seen it at my school. Well, so all, for them to say that they're, they're, they're all in local. control of... 
Western Sydney, they've never been in our school ever. Well, that's just one school, though. Well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm just saying, you're saying that they're in every school. They're, they're not. Well, they're pushing no, a lot harder than what the rugby league are from all the reports. And one friend actually worked for a GWS thing while I was at uni and said the reach and how they were doing it and the relentlessness and the tickets and the merchandise and the actual big-name players. Where when but that almost also might be that they see the kids at senior college, so where I am, year 11 and 12, as... They're now they either need to. one they're fan, they're either one fan generation. or another fan. Yeah. yeah, I think. Look, but I don't. It'd think... be interesting to speak to primary school teachers. Well, even because if that's where they. How many be, times did you get a visit when you're at school? Though I remember once in seven years, and again, know. this is the big difference that they're talking about. But as the well. problem with the NRL is you get the there's crap. differentiation in whose responsibility that is. That's the clubs need to be pushed. Well, I don't, think, I, don't the think, NRL. I don't think it is the club's responsibility. It's the game development. So the AFL, it's not on the. It's not the Swans or the Giants doing that. It's the AFL doing that. And what they do is but they'll then just go and pinch a player or whatever. They have a model, though, with their clubs that they all kind of push in the same direction, which we don't so much have. Well, that's and what I'm saying. They force that's them, the basically, and the players get on board. They send out big names. Where when you're, I was at school or you're at school, you generally get somebody, no offence, that's either played a handful of games or has got no hope of playing first grade, and that's what they do in their spare time. So I think they definitely need. Well, to I heard some that. just on a, well a little bit related to this. I heard on a side note that there were some players in Western Sydney clubs upset about the fact that they had to go out and do. They would be some of them some school stuff, and that's if that's ridiculous. the case, it should be written into their the NRL should be able to dock their pay yeah. and just say, look, if you're not going to put back into the game that's giving you and feeding you yeah. and paying your wages, they should have to. Here you go. Here's your fine. So it should just be that you either. I, Maybe even give them incentive. Say, look, mate, if you go out and do 10 school visits this year, we'll give you an extra 10 grand. Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. Getting paid a mint. But give, it, give, it, give them some incentive. I don't know what, I don't you know, know what it's pay, but... You know as well but, as I but do I think the amount of free time they pay. have. You dock know, their pay. You know the amount, as well as I do the amount of free time they have. It wouldn't hurt them once a week or once every couple of weeks for a couple of big enough yeah, to go to some schools. Look, the majority of them do. Yeah, they should. They should have to, and but, they should do uh, a bigger job pushing it because that next generation, that's the big thing. If they plant the seed and these guys get in there... And we've seen AFL posts pop up, and even Dommies, we had a principal saying, it only takes one person to come, yeah. and the whole culture's changed. That went from being a rugby league powerhouse to being a second-tier school. But, now. I mean, this, is all, this is all, to me, shit talk, because there's no data or anything or any evidence to, to quantify what people are talking about in this, in this regard. So what Todd Greenberg needs to do is go out, do some research, get some facts, and then present it and say, look, this is the issue. This what? is how many school visits AFL are doing. This is how many we're doing. Yeah, and then straight away you've got evidence and straight away you've something. got yeah straight away you've got a backbone in order to be able to hold people accountable because at the moment it's just fluff well I'm it's, telling it's you fluff. And and I, look, at uni we're getting, I know that we, I get can, all we that. can't get development officer moment, jobs fluff. Now, but we can't get development officer jobs there's only a couple at each club or one well, I wouldn't want one either no but, but we're not saying that there's a couple of people at best at each club that even bother to organise these that's their gig they weren't even doing that. Yeah, they had bulk. Not, they not, had bulk people. They're not linked to the clubs anymore. Yeah, but they had bulk people for the AFL going to uni. Students, PE teachers had all these people going out. We're not talking two or three like that with development officers covering an area, a couple of schools. Yeah, I'm talking mass effect. I get it. Multiple schools it, every day. Just but what I'm saying they're planting the seed for future. That's what I'm getting. There's at. no evidence to back it up. So what Todd Greenberg needs to do on the ASAP is get some evidence and then present it to the clubs and just say to them, "This is embarrassing. You're not doing a good enough job," and hammer them on it. And make them accountable on it. Well, they need to do something. They do, definitely. Because I'm not talking a small differential. I'm talking massive numbers. So it may not be right now, but long term, you're going to lose a lot I agree, of people mate. and I'm kids. Not, I'm not disagreeing with so. you. I just think but they need you need to present it with facts, not just bullshit talk. And that's the base of it. So uh, that's our fast five. You got all of our information, and then we've answered your questions. 
we've got a live read here for one of our sponsors, Rugby League Coaching Manual. You write for them, Brockshead? I am writing for them, yeah. Yep. So they've... Previously, they used to send out a pack, like a DVD and a, and a uh, small like a book. booklet, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, little booklet. Uh, and then they went a little bit underground for a couple of years. They're now back. Um, I'm doing a little bit of writing for them. I did it previously under Gary Roberts. Uh, they're now... Uh, a new bloke's come in, pumped some uh, some fresh ideas into it, Shane Duncan. Um, so they're back on board. Now everything's online. You read everything online, which is the way that the world's moved. Yeah. Um, you can access the videos. There's, there's a few different levels of... Uh, membership that you can have. So if you're a junior coach, well, I highly recommend it because there's millions of drills yeah, on there. Of information. Um, and for the guys that are, that are at sort of my end of, of coaching, so the high performance sort of stuff, or the guys that are in junior reps or 20s or even NRL, New South Wales Cup guys, there's uh, they're doing some um, online seminars or online um, coach the coach sort of things. Matty Elliott did one a few weeks ago, I think. Mm. And there's a lot of lot of stuff on there. Uh, just a crap load of information so I think it's a benefit um, yeah well it's brilliant for all coaches out there and even I use this when I first got home from Canberra um, you yeah, get well, a few of them and I use like some that. junior yeah. stuff I watch some higher end stuff probably not needed for the age group I was doing but the people they get in is fantastic my former 20s coach also, you can watch the you can watch the higher end stuff but the ability to be a good junior coach is how to interpret that and, and peel it back to ensure that you're well, still giving the kids the skills in order to be high-performance players or high-end players when they get to become adults. And I think a lot of that is the fundamentals that are missed in, mm. in juniors because you get the junior coaches that want to coach like NRL guys and, and they miss the fundamental skills that need to be taught to kids. So it's, yeah, of, of great benefit. So And I, I, don't, get, I don't get any wedge out of it. I, I do it for free. I write the articles for nothing. So it's, for me, it's putting back a little bit into the game that, has given me a lot. So yeah, well, I'm sure there's some coaches out there that listen to us. So if you're a junior coach or a higher level, or you got anyone out there, we highly recommend rugby league well, junior, coaching. Yeah, junior clubs. Yeah, and junior clubs. Yeah. You should be spreading this kind of stuff. There's yeah. an abundance of information. But as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a teacher, a mentor, a leader, a counselor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you are there to get the best out of your players, who is there? to get the best out of you as a coach. It's Rugby League Coaching Manual. Has been providing this coaching education material for rugby league coaches since 1993 through our flagship publication, Coach Talk, our DVDs and drill books. All of this material is now available online through your very own RLMCM uh, membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and hundreds of videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to access to the RLCM library of articles and videos, Members also receive access to online courses, an invitation to our monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. So keep your eyes out. You've got something coming uh, in the pipeline very soon. Yeah, I've, I've written one for January and February. Uh, I miss March and I'll be going to pump one out in the next probably week or so for the April edition, so... Well, there you go. We'll be posting that up on the page, obviously, when that one's out, and you can have a read for all the junior coaches out there or anyone aspiring to that level. Uh, we'll have a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do our tips, all the odds, thanks to williamhill.com, and I'll be giving you the gossip this week. Mr. Gossip's gone back into AA. He's well, gone we've got to review the games as well, buddy. Oh, I forgot about the reviews. We're going to do that as well. So we'll do all that after the break.
Reviews of the games from the weekend. We kick things off. A pretty easy one. Cowboys 40 zip over the Roosters. Uh, their power game was absolutely outstanding. Tamau, Scott, Tamalolo, Bolton, you name it. Uh, they absolutely murdered them through the guts, which is probably the biggest disappointment because we know the Roosters have been the best defensive team uh, for three years and they've still got a multitude of internationals in their side, in the pack in particular. Yeah. And they've really let them down. They Probably the even better thing, I think, if you're the Cowboys, I think JT's had two quieter weeks. Not bad weeks, or by any no, stretch. he's been overshadowed, but... But Michael Morgan was very, very good, and Lachlan Coote was as well. I thought they were more in control, so... Yeah. Um, to see them in control and the fact that JT can take a backseat, especially at this later end of his career, they're obviously 1-17. to They're a brilliant football side. They've got all the pieces, but it's a really good sign for them long-term again in the year. As we said, they can drop a match or two. Yeah, they'll probably lose a few to Origin, but these guys coming in their own, dominating football games, makes them even more dangerous to go back-to-back. Well, exactly right. Look, they they didn't have to do a lot. Uh, They rolled through the middle. They they won the game through the middle of the field easily. They They stayed in the zone, though. Well, it was 15, 20-metre carries on a regular basis, just rolling through. Then they obviously gave them field position, and they're one of the best attacking sides in the competition. So if you invite them down your own end, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Simple as that. So Roosters, just complete lack of desire. 30 points plus a game this year compared to a side that... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Over a whole year, was lucky to concede 10 or 12 a game. Um, I, I really thought that's half reason. I put in my eight with a good coach, like you said, five or six other international forwards, some guys there. I thought they would carry these younger guys, take them under their wing, say it's all good. You're going to make some mistakes. We've got enough big names here, and especially with that defensive system, I thought they'd find a way. But well, I so far, what, I don't know what the system is. I can't tell. Not right now. It's not. It's not there. It's not yeah. existent. But I think it's more an attitude thing. I'm not blaming Trent Robertson. I'm saying a very poor no, attitude, and in I particular, agree. the senior players, uh, Aiden Guerra, a couple of these guys, really, really, yeah. may have been poor. Yeah. And it, it's a guy like Tokiahu, I think, has been good every week. And we said Kenny Dow had a red hot crack the other night. There's rare little glimpses there, but as far as a whole, all the senior players, I think they all need to be in together lead from the front and really help these young blokes because they're hurting as well. Yeah, and exactly. you're not seeing them pick them up after errors or anything's happening either. No. They're walking around almost like, well, you're not Sheck, you're not Maloney, you're not all these Sonny Bill, you're not these guys over the last couple of years. Like, why should I carry you? Yeah. So they definitely need to have a, a good hard talk. So hopefully Robbo gets stuck into them. They played manly this week. They grabbed a win. They didn't look too bad last week. So I don't know. They've definitely got a chance of winning this game. But if on what you've seen so far, you wouldn't see them winning. That's for sure. They've been terrible. Against Manly? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a They've been flip, awful. flip of the coin game. And you've got the Cowboys against the Broncos, an absolute blockbuster, the grand final rematch. This is always a good game, regardless of how they're doing and what time of the year. Yeah. So this one will be a great game of football. Eels versus the Dogs. The big thing for me, 20-6, to 6, the Eels getting this win, was that they ground out a victory. Generally, when they get in front or they've stumbled and bumbled over the last couple of years, yeah, they've got the halves there. Yeah, it's been a couple of years building, but their defence was rock solid. They turned away pressure, and they went into attack mode straight after that. So um, I think the halves had a big part to play on that. They've got guidance around the field, even with Pete's out. They've got a great pair of halves, but 
super impressed by their forward pack and Semi Ragrara finding a way into the game. That he had a massive game. Yeah, well, look, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, look, the Eels' effort was outstanding, their defence was outstanding, their toughness was outstanding, and they closed the game out late. I don't know whether to make of this that the Bulldogs' attack was terrible or that um, the Eels just ground them out, basically, or, or a little bit of both. But I, I think Corey Norman, Corey Norman and uh, Sammy Radrara were the difference in the end, obviously. Norman was brilliant, um, and Foran's playing at 50%. His hamstring isn't right. Uh, and they're obviously playing with DeGoyce at nine. That pack's brilliant. Mick Gordon was great again, very solid, not making errors, getting the sets off to a good start. And their, their pack is doing their job, exactly right. Their pack outplayed Canterbury's. And Canterbury's for the first, uh, obviously, two weeks, rolled over every, or rolled over the two packs that they played prior. Um, yeah. And they, they were the ones getting Paulo, all the raps. So. Scott, I know, Morrell went off, like you said, a bit crook, but he had a pretty well, good that, game, 40-plus tackles. That also, that you, had, you had Morrell go off, you had both Scott carrying no, in. You, you had Mahu out, you had Pete out, you had uh, Foran at 50%. Not, not a lot went Parramatta's way, and they still mm. managed to find a way to win. I've got to throw it out there. I didn't realise it until they piloted on the Matty John show last night, but I did enjoy Kenny, Kenny Edwards' celebrations the last two yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> first he hugged first and dragged him into the huddle like he didn't realise, and the other night he grabbed Papa White, a former teammate. Some people yeah. may not find that funny, but I found it quite amusing. He was having a good time. Yeah, good yeah. You can do what you want when you're, <laughs> when you're scoring tries and winning games. Even better, he's not looking at him like to stare it in. He's, he's, doing a real no, good, he's, genuine. he's doing a real good job of selling that he has he's no idea that he's grabbed someone random. But yeah. uh, I've enjoyed both of them, especially the Hoppawato one. That was pretty funny, considering he's an old teammate. But um, Yeah, on the Bulldog side of things, we've said it a million times, don't need to go into great depth. The attack lacks potency. It's as simple as that. Same issues for the last couple of years. They need to focus their game for the hundredth time on winning the middle of the field first, playing off quick to play the balls because their halves just aren't creative enough. And Boy's a great runner of the football. That's his strength. Reynolds, that's probably the stronger part of his game. But if he doesn't have a quick play the ball or a way to run, he just drifts across field, tries to turn someone under. It's rubbish. Yeah, um, it's not engaging anyone. And it's not putting pressure on the middle. So no, and I like Garvey, but Garvey struggles again, much like Leisha in that system. He's not a system player. Garvey's a fringe first grader. He needs a roll on. He's a French first grade. I'm just saying, you watch him come through the grades, he likes to run the football. They're not playing that power game. They need to win the middle of the field for both the nines they've got. So, yeah, um, yeah, they, something that needs to change, will it? We don't know. It hasn't changed for a couple of years. That's why I left them out of my eight. But they play Souths on Friday. This is usually an absolute blockbuster. Without Sammy Burgess, potentially Adam Reynolds, that could hurt. I'd still probably lean towards the Bulldogs to be honest even though as ugly as it would be if if those blokes are out that's a big one but I still think it'd be a great game the Eels they play the Tigers this has actually been quite a good game as well the last few years on Easter Monday but uh, what they've dished up last week and the flip-flopping I'd probably be looking at the Eels well it's going to be a clashing styles because the Tigers are going to come out and attack and the Eels are going to try and tough it out and defend so it'll be yeah clash of styles Mm. Saturday kicked off it was the Raiders against Canberra you thought it was going to be Bit of a cakewalk when they're up 18 zip, um, but with a makeshift 5 8 in Whitehead, uh, who was pretty steady to be honest. And Hodgson playing quite well. Steady, he was pretty good. Uh, cool. You know, the 200th game for Jared Mullen, I'm not surprised they turned up. They put a couple of older guys back into the side as well as a debutante. You usually find these milestone games. I'm not putting it all down to that. People do have a bit of a crack. And even Jared Mullen, to his credit, had a pretty good game, but I'm not going to give them a let off in this sense, but I think they probably had two of the toughest games the first two rounds of Raiders. They lost both their halves. They've had fence and concussed. They've played two absolute scorchers early. Um, they've been in two dead set wars. They've basically haven't trained for two weeks. I'm not going to say fatigue played a factor, but no halves and two wars. The fact they fell off is that an excuse? Probably not. But I, I'm, you know, if they're going to drop, well, look, they've played six halves of footy, and this was they've 
their six was their worst. Mm. So there no is doubt. a little bit of fatigue in that. Um, but I think, yeah, those two games, the earlier games... But they've also the heat, played, played, in. They played in the heat, obviously. They had a short turnaround into the Roosters. Uh, oh, no, they didn't have a short turnaround either. It was a, a seven-day Well, they had a hard around. week. They lost both the halves um, week one, and then last yeah. week they played with one on the bench. So I, I think, you know... Yeah, well, they've had two seven-day turnarounds, so they probably don't really have an excuse. But, look, they, they were solid... They were solid. They from from the position they were in, they should have won. Yeah. Uh, but look, Newcastle. I think it was more that Newcastle first half tried that rehearsed crap that they've been going on with for the first two weeks. It hasn't been working. And they just ran. Second hard. half, they just straightened everything up, played fast, and threw the ball around a little bit. And it's funny what happens when you do that. Um, and Canberra obviously fatigued, and uh, they had some uh, concerns and some bumps and bruises. Obviously, Boyd, who we highlighted before, had a an issue and in their interchange got thrown out a little bit, but no excuses. That it's a game they should have won. Uh, but in the end, you could you could probably argue with five to go. It's a game Newcastle should have won. Yeah, they so, should have really when they got the lead. That, um, that last try that Rapana got um, set up, sorry for Lee, was a cracker. That yeah. pass. It was just a good game. It was an entertaining game. But you you could make arguments for both sides that it's one that got away. Yeah. Well, the field goal shootout was horrible. Yeah, I don't, don't enjoy watching that. There were six of them, and the penalty goal from fifty-two out. That was. But it was short. exciting. Oh, I still love not pretty, it. But but it's still going to love it. I just don't like saying field goal after field goal, but I do like Golden Point. But uh, you'd be happy if you were Canberra still. You didn't lose. What do you mean? You, you like Golden Point, but you don't like field goal after field goal. I don't like That's what field. Golden Point is. When they're moving up and down the field, I want someone to have a crack. That's what they do. But I, I enjoy the, the, the concept and the excitement about it. But just when you see six missed field goals, it kind of takes a wind out. I still, and I've said this before, you'd I'd love to point. see them both get one point and then play for the extra point in Golden Point. Well, I was about to say, realistically, now, if you can, bro, I'm pretty happy after the first three because weeks. Because then you'd, you'd get them having a crack, because they know they've got a point. So let's let's have a go, try and get the other well, I'd rather just be like point. NFL, where you have to, a field goal doesn't end it. You've got to match it or do better. Yeah, but then again, why not just have just, just play the, the 10 minutes? Minute just the 80 minutes. Yeah, well, there's no way to satisfy everybody, but they got the point. Ricky Stewart seemed pretty happy, considering the circumstances, and they toughed it out. They still haven't lost technically. It's been a pretty good start of the year. But Definitely. Mate, Five out of six points. This one point, and I said there's a couple of votes well, work. Yeah. In that log make jam, break. usually there's a lot of teams that are on even. This draw could make a difference. So Yeah, one way or the other. It is not a loss. That's the one thing. But it'd be interesting to see what happens later on in the year. Newcastle showed a lot more fight. Uh, Corey Dennis, a double on debut. Great day. Mullen played well for his 200th. So good times. They play the Warriors. Away this week, hard to get a gauge on the Warriors, but if they're going to win, well, again, the Warriors should hammer them. You'd say this is the one. Uh, in Canberra, they play your boys, the Titans, at home in Canberra, so that'll be a good game of football. Hopefully, looking forward to watching that one. Penrith twenty-three to twenty-two over the Broncos, twenty-two-six down in Cruise, and like we said, they'll just hang in the jab out. They play with their food. Yeah, Milford, absolutely outstanding. Um, and then, yeah, they conceded late just before half time, twenty-two twelve. Cartwright crashed over from Latu. I got the feeling, listening, I heard like the first half because I was away, watched it when I got home. You know, they'd probably come out, accelerate or do what they do. They're so good at repelling teams and turning away from their line. But the second phase play, in particular the Panthers, I think it was 20-plus offloads, just wore them down. They well, picked yeah. them apart. Uh, they really worked them over and they found a way, the Penny Panthers. Well, Brisbane's de- defence also slackened off a little bit. Their contact wasn't good. They weren't finishing off tackles and they are allowing offloads. So it's a little bit both ways. But Penrith... They threw the ball around, they offloaded, they played ad lib, and they, they got, not lucky, but they uh, took the chance. They, they, they shouldn't really have been a chance there to win the game, but the door was slightly ajar and Penrith kicked it in. Yeah. So, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a game that they, if you play that game ten times, they probably only win it once. Hmm. But last week, 
you'd say they, they play that game against the Bulldogs ten times, they only lose it once. So I mean, it, this is this and the thing. The Raiders footy, game. They bombed yeah, the Raiders footy, game. Footy just evens itself out, and you know they were very very unlucky to to lose last week, and I think they were a little bit fortunate to win this week. But uh, look, they were great. Tomorrow, Martin made a difference. Bryce Cartwright, as you said, uh, was super, but at 22 6, you shouldn't be losing if you're still, still errors in his game, though. Like, people were rapping, oh, a highlight, picking for a show, picking for New South no, Wales. No, he's, he's not ready for that. There was three errors before led to, you know, the, the late pass and then the try from Latu. Like, yeah, there's good things, but you still can't quantify, I'm going to pick this guy for rocks and diamonds in a rep game. Mm. If you put him in an origin arena and he, you know, if it goes the wrong way, Queensland will kill us. You can't just go, oh, you got to throw gonna, him in there. Probably going to kill us anyway. Oh, I'm just saying. But you, we're talking about at a club game going, oh, we'll overlook those three errors he made first. I, I could see the argument and put him, on, put him on the bench for Origin. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that's more cost-worthy in Origin, doing those kind of, you know, just... But it's also uh, offloads of Vital in Origin as well. So I can, see the, I can see both sides of it. But, look, Brisbane, for me, the bottom line is they, they play with their food the first two rounds. The Warriors sort of came at them a few times and looked like they were going to get him. Parramatta just didn't have the troops to get them round one. No, uh, but they still left them left them lingering until late. And look, Brisbane just need to close out games. Yeah, well, they're doing basically what they did last and year. Penrith have been great in their first three. They've been tough and they've been in, in every game. So hmm. good on them. Yeah, Campbell Gillard by the early era, which led to points. I thought he was really good again. Mansell had a strong game, so uh, good stuff for them. But yeah, the Broncos, like you said, big thing was defense, 41 missed tackles. Yeah. That's unlike them, and they're, they're like the Roosters. But you're they're, not going to be perfect every week. You know? No, so. but they're warming into things, so I'm definitely not worried about them. But a massive game this week against the Cowboys at home. That'll be a cracker. Penrith versus the Dragons. They're away to them at Wynn Stadium. Tough side. Yeah, it not, doesn't get any easier for Penrith. Yeah, it's not a great attacking side, the Dragons, so it's going to be hard for Penrith, who have struggled for points. They obviously found them this week. Um, they're definitely going to have it against them, against the Dragons trying to dish out. Some points there at the Titans, 30 to 18 over the Tigers. Boom, they were down 10 0 in absolutely no time. The Naguama double, Teddy with a nice set of hands, and Lovett with a nice overhead pass. But a soft try, basically, right on half time, and they let Mortimer crash over. And then the second half, it was just all the Titans. Um, there was definitely some poor errors by the Tigers and bits and pieces like that. But I, I thought the bench in particular in uh, Levaha Pulu. Ryan James, they really come on the field, step things up. Yeah, Parsi. Made a big difference, Parsi. These guys, Ash Taylor, I thought played very well in the halves again, controlled by Nathan Friend. There was a lot to like about the Titans, and again, good coaching. The, well, the, what the, I like about it is they were down 10 0 and composed, settled, and came back. Mm. In the past, mate, in the past four years, they were going over. You'd so, have got dusted. Uh, look, it was definitely, definitely for me just a game of two halves. The Tigers were by far and away. I think they should have had more points going into halftime, the Tigers. Mm. Uh, they probably, again, they had a chance to put the game away, but they made some errors and let the Titans score late. That sort of gave the Titans some impetus. Obviously, uh, Neil Henry made some adjustments at halftime, and uh, the rest is history. They were really good second half, the Titans. But they, similar to the Melbourne game, I think. The Titans were the better side for the majority of the first half in the Melbourne game, but you know that was that little little lapse in concentration which cost. But uh, I think at the moment we're probably stringing two good, uh, one good half together, or probably fifty minutes of good footy together, and they've won two out of three. So hopefully they can improve that, and um, you know we're not seeing their best football at the moment. Hopefully they, they continue to get better because if they do, they'll they will probably challenge for the top eight. Yeah, well, the Tigers laid on when they got some ball to show that, you know, they probably could have put the game away, but too little, too late. Yeah, exactly. Tedesco, again, with an but absolute... But also, it's garbage time. It was, the game was Yeah, it was over. garbage time, no doubt. But another brilliant piece of play to watch Tedesco just cut through 
on that seething line there and hit Nagaima for a hat trick. Rankin got one from uh, Brooks there, but all done and dusted. They, you know, they made their bed and good on the Titans, grabbing the win there, thirty to eighteen. They play the Raiders away this week. The Tigers, as we said, play the Eels, which will be a tough game. Sunday, the Storm twenty-one to fourteen over the Warriors. There was definitely nothing drastic about Melbourne. I thought for the most part the Warriors had the better of the field position. They did. Um, they had the better of the possession. I thought uh, Cooper Cronk's kicking game was a massive played a massive part. His kicking game was outstanding. I think he kicked for almost he kicked for almost five hundred meters, like ridiculous amount of meters. So uh, that that got Melbourne out of a lot of trouble in this game. I thought it was a game the Warriors should have won, uh, but Melbourne hung around. They did the little things right, and at the back end of the game. There was no doubt who I wanted to be on with 10 minutes to go yeah. well, with the key players they've the, got and just the composure they've got. The whole, the whole second half, they were in their own half, basically. They never... Yeah, the game should have been over with 10 to go. This is the thing, though. And to the Warriors. The word you talk, shut it out. Two words you always talk about. Clinical, professional. 90% completion rate. They only made three errors for the whole game. Yeah. Less line breaks, less offloads, all this kind of stuff. But the kick meters was a big difference. And the simple thing is they had their chances, the Warriors. They didn't take it. Johnson had a chance to set up for a field goal as well. Didn't take it. Melbourne got two chances in their half. One was a penalty goal. Banked it. Second one was an error inside their half. They took it a play or two earlier yeah. than what you'd expect. Got the field goal. Yeah. That's what Melbourne did. And then later on, off a set play where they talked about it, the Warriors run a crap play, leave the ground, uh, the footy on the ground, and Corabetti goes the other way and makes sure that it's yeah. done and dusted. That's so. the difference between being a top four side and a top eight side. They, they're just they're going to be top four every year. Well, whatever they've got, they've got those players there in key positions, and they've got a decent and, forward pack, and they're coached by Craig Bellamy. Yeah, but this is the other thing. That, we, that's a game that you look at and you go, they should have lost that game. Yeah, this is but another one of these ones we talk about. The Tigers playing so well and then blowing it and then switching on late in a game against Melbourne. Regardless of how well you're doing, you know you have to play for eighty. And like the week before, the Titans were good for that first part, but over the eighty minutes, Melbourne. Well, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah we're I... much more superior, and that's yeah. why teams like this they, you, you don't get over them. They can withstand, and they just in the periods them. where the opposition is dominant, they withstand and they minimise the damage. They did it for a whole half. Yeah, they never got out of their own half. They got bashed, and yeah, they got two chances to bank points, and they they just took it away from them. So on the Warriors side of things, uh, I thought again, Sheck he's copping it, but. 250-something metres. He tried his backside off. Things still aren't looking well, who's too he, who's, who's he copping it off? Oh, just people are still give, giving it like... Oh, whoever th- whoever thinks he's been poor, they need a, need a set of glasses. But they need to learn the game because... It, the effort's there. Leave me alone. The effort's there. Disappointing again, though, like I said, not to see Johnson get his hands on the football more late. Uh, I've got to give a big rap to the debutant, Jazz Tavanga. I caught him the week before. Good. And I've watched him throughout the 20s. But the week before in Cup, he was probably close to the best player. Gets his debut... Got bumped around, got back on there twice, played very, very well. Played very, very well. So congratulations to him on making his debut. They play Newcastle this week at home. So this is their opportunity. Yeah, just chip shot. You could say to get a win. Melbourne, tough game. They play Cronulla at the prison or is it down? No, not Shark Park. I think it's Southern Cross Stadium or something. They've been sponsored by a cleaning and security company. I'm going to keep calling it Shark Park though. Or the prison. The prison. I like the prison, Ramondas. Why'd you leave Ramondas? What's wrong with you? Um, the Dragons, 8-6 over South. A lot of people said they enjoyed this game. To be honest, I thought it was ugly. It was ugly. And not in a good way ugly, I thought. you know, Especially the second half, the condition of the pitch, especially that middle part, I reckon it caused a couple of concussions and knocks and bumps just because how bad the ground was. It did. Um, Cook copped that massive knee. There was a few blokes that slipped and tripped. Well, and I think that was the difference in the game. South lost a shitload of players throughout the game. Their interchanges went out the window. They fatigued. It suited the Dragons to a T. In oh, the fact as soon that, as it rained. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
they're, they're so good they're, defensively. They can't score points, um, but yet they'll score a sloppy try and kick a couple of penalty goals, which they did, which in the end was an after. Must throw it out there. Everyone on Twitter blowing up going, this is such poor leadership taking the two. Uh-huh. The 2-1 on the game. In the, in that situation, I didn't understand why they were doing it the week before in, in dry conditions nah, in a game. They can score points. In so. a game where a Sharks player just got sin-binned. Yeah, um, so I think it's all situational, but in that game, no brainer. Anywhere inside 40, they should have been taking the two. Yeah. So, I, just, you know, I just had a good laugh. There's not much to talk about in this game. The South lost players. Souths were tough. They could have won the game, but the Dragons... I think the only way they're ever going to beat South man to man with the best teams on the field is in those conditions. Yeah, well, it was a bit. Give them like, a dry track and give South all their players. They they hammer the Dragons. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit like last year when they played the Roosters on Anzac Day and it bucketed down. Yeah, it was it torrential, and the Roosters just persisted the whole game to keep moving the footy, and it yeah, didn't work. Not, not playing to the conditions. Nah, which the Dragons. The Dragons just took the scraps and kicked a couple of penalty goals, and they found a way to win. So, yeah, well, um, it was an important win for the Dragons because if they yeah. lose, they're they're on three and. Well, Dugan at fullback, there's no rocket science there. He goes back 200-plus. He was pretty good. I didn't think he was that good. Oh, I just think he's involved. He was, was okay. Yeah, but the involvement compared to Man or somebody else and starting the sets. But, yeah, that's where if I was you, getting if you, to. If you punch I didn't think out, he was at his best, but he was still way better no, than Man. but if you're punching out 200-plus, you've well and truly done your job. Yeah. He started their sets off, got him going. I thought Cooper, DeBellon had a massive game, especially defensively in those conditions, but... Um, yeah, no one was a massive standout, but they toughed out in the conditions. I thought Carter was good before the the stupid diving legs tackle later on. Yeah. Probably going to find himself in trouble. Awful to see the Burgess moment, like I said. Same as Cook copping there in the face there. You know, you don't want to see anything like that. So, um, yeah, pretty sad on that behalf. But they'll be tested this week, no doubt. South playing the dogs. Doesn't look like Sammy's going to play. Like we said, Reynolds out as well. Um, yeah, tough times and pushing their depth really early. The Dragons, they play the Panthers. A tough game for them as well. Penrith been really gritty, but yeah, they need to find a way to score more points. There's no doubt about that. You finish up Monday night, Manly twenty-two to twelve over the Sharkies, who are up eight nil. Felt like they were cruising, and to be honest, I felt that the first twenty minutes they was just all them. Well, especially they should have more 20, points. Yeah, the, tell you what, the, the thing that surprised me was the condition at Brookvale Oval. Considering all yeah, the rain, it was brilliant, mate. It was in perfect condition. So credit to whoever's. Uh, tidied that up. Um, look, the Sharks should have, should have won the game. They had all the ball in the first 20. They were up 8-0. They were in control. Uh, then they started to make errors. They let Manly off the hook. Look, I thought Manly bombed two tries in that second in the first half. Um, what were they? Were they were too disallowed um, that could have easily been tries. So. Yeah, Trevojevic didn't get his hands down for the line offload. Which yeah. wasn't the greatest offload, but you've got to be expecting his No, but I mean, they, they were just a... a, a Hair away yeah. from scoring a couple three of times, and I thought, well, Cronulla surely you're going to react to that, and they didn't. No. They, they didn't. They didn't seem worried. They thought, I think they thought they were going to just win. You know, like they didn't respect Manly enough, yeah. and Manly got aggressive. Manly got enough good players, and they did. They got aggressive. I thought Cherry Evans was again fairly ordinary, but he played tough. I thought um, he was a lot better last night. Thirty something tackles, and he got his yeah. Hands but on I, the I don't think he's anywhere near his best. But nah. it just his effort was good, and he was playing tough, and he was leading the right way. Like I look at him, and then look at Johnson, and think if if you if Johnson's doing what Cherry Evans is doing, he's going to find his form. Yeah, but involvement style. I thought the first two weeks he just wasn't involved at all. Last night I thought he was everywhere, and he was pushing to get he his hands on the yeah. footy. And like I said, he was in defense like thirty-seven tackles for a half. He's ridiculous, mm. and he whacked a few blokes. So. Look, I just thought the difference was the Sharks' execution. Their attack on Manly's line was terrible, and I don't know whether it was Manly's defense because what, from what I've seen in Manly's defense in the first two weeks, uh, it was pretty poor. So I think it's more down to the Sharks. That's one that's got away for them. 
Definitely, and that, that could cost them maybe a top four position later in the year. They're those games that uh, that you control for the majority you should put away. But Manly, they were tough. They hung in. They needed that win. Uh, and there's a bit of a curse on, on the Sharkies at Brookvale. They, they, can't seem to, yeah, they can't seem to notch one up there. But yeah, well, the Chaboy, that cost us some charity money as well. Yeah, they killed that. The Trebojevic is both very good. Stewart has such a calming effect on that side. He makes a huge difference. He doesn't have to have a big game. He just, just evens things out when he's at the back. It's much better on their attack in general and just the fact that you basically guaranteed almost Jagger try every time a brookie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought Parcel, like I said, DC much better, but Parcel, he's definitely banked himself that job, I think, for a few weeks after that effort. So he keeps playing the way he's you don't see Coruscant come back in. Very strange though to pick Louis Brown and he has been playing he's been awful the first two weeks. But to leave him there for all that time and give him two minutes, just don't pick him at all if you're not going to use him. Yeah, correct. Um you're limited in the interchange first of all, but just not using someone, I don't get it. Just don't pick him. So, yeah. Brent and Lawrence tap out both up on charges. Uh, will they beat it at this point? I think if they both take the early guilty plea, they can. Yeah. So it looks like they will probably be close to full strength again this weekend. But on that note, that is the reviews done. As we said before, no Mr. Gossip. So I've got what he's got in his mailbag this week. Gossip-wise, I've got his tips, and we'll be doing the odds thanks to WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Ringing up the tab and having to wait and give awkward names to bet is a thing of the past. You can bet in play on your mobile phone. What an absolute beautiful thing that is, bro. Well, it's good. It's you don't have good. to talk to anyone. You just push the button. Exactly. Very, da- very dangerous for a punting fan such as ourselves. But uh, looking at the, the games that we've got here and the tips, Friday night, South versus the Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium or Friday afternoon, however you want to put it. Uh, looking at the lineups as I get them up here, we've talked about it before. There's obviously no Sam Burgess named at this point in time, so Nathan Brown comes into the starting lineup. No Reynolds, as he's still not there, and Carter's facing a band, so they've got an extended bench. Jack Goslowski, who I've seen play New South Wales Cup, pretty solid player, 18th man, Oldfield 9th, so a potential debut there. Uh, they've still got. Where's, pretty... where's Tom Burgess? He's still injured. Yeah, what's wrong with him? Did his ankle. He's going to miss at least four to six weeks. He okay. didn't didn't even start the season, so. Yeah, no, I know he didn't start the season. No, nah, four to six weeks. So yeah. Without Sam, I think that's massive against the big pack. Yeah, I'm going the dog. And one with Graham. So looking at them, they get Eastwood back, which is, you know, he's very good for them in, in his limited time, and he looks pretty fit this year. So no Carter, who's been brilliant the first couple of weeks. No Burgess. Right there, we talk about that aggressive factor they lacked last year. Take those two out, I think they've lost it completely. I also think there'll be a little bit of a hangover from last yeah. year's game. Bulldogs will want to get this one back. So, yeah, yeah we're both definitely on the Bulldogs. For this one and the odds. What yeah. about Gossip? Who's he on? He's Dogs. on the Bulldogs as well. Gossip. How did we go last week? You didn't tell us how we went. Oh last yeah, week. last week we all went awful. You both got three, I got two. That's how good we went. Okay. So the only one different, you're the only one to tip the Eels, but everything else was blanketed the same. He's the only one to tip the Panthers. So what's the scores? Who's? So I'm on fourteen. Uh, I got two last week. I'm on fourteen. Gossip's on fourteen. You got the third, so you're on fifteen. Okay. So you got the one point buffer, but the odds for WilliamHill.com: a dollar fifty-seven. The dogs are the favourites. Two forty-five for Souths minus four and a half is the line. I still think it'd be a tight fixture. So if you're looking at a margin, one to twelve is probably your best bet. Four oh five for the bunnies, three ten there for the dogs. The next game is the Broncos and the Cowboys. Can't wait to watch this one. Putting it simply, though, I know I said I wouldn't be worried about the Broncos, and I wouldn't be. Um, but the Cowboys, why they're 1-17 and why they're in the nick they were last week, I'm pretty much happy to tip them almost every week until they tell me otherwise. So 
Um, I think they're further ahead than what Brisbane are at this point in time, and I expect them to fire up. They usually do. The, the, the little brother's been a lot better the last I'm, couple of years. I'm going the Broncos. I think they'll want to. They'll want revenge for the grand final loss. Um, it's at home. I think the Cowboys. Cowboys have been good. They were great last week, but it was a bit of a soft, soft win. I thought, but uh, yeah, this just going to be a cracker. Yeah, no, been an absolutely brilliant one. Gossip, he's with you. He's gone the Broncos as well, and they are the favourites at home. A dollar sixty-three with well, Willie Hill. I think that those odds are way. No, it's ridiculous. Should be a pick a market. Should be. Well, I think it should be uh, like a dollar eighty-two dollars for a game like this. It's a pick a market. They're both absolutely outstanding sides. North Queensland, two dollars thirty. Minus three and a half is the line there. Again, a one to twelve one. I think if you're going either way, three dollars fifteen for the Broncos, three ninety-five for the Cowboys in that one. Saturday, there's two games this week. Canberra and the Titans, they kick things off. Looking at Canberra, they've had to stick with the same combination as last week. Whitehead playing at six. They're unchanged. Um, The bench, everything, no differences there for them. I thought he was pretty good, Whitehead. Very surprising, but showed his versatility. The Titans, they're also unchanged. They've just added Eddie Pettiborn as an 18th man. Uh, I don't see why you would change anything, would you? So two full-strength lineups here. I really want to tip the Titans. I, I like what I've seen the first couple of weeks, but purely for the fact that it's down in Canberra, I'm going to take Canberra with little confidence. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans. I think Canberra, they're under man. They've got away with it the last few weeks, but I don't think they will this weekend. Yeah, Based well. on what I've seen from the Titans, if they can reproduce and play the way they have um, for the first three rounds, I think they can win. Well, I think I'm probably going to regret this, and I felt like I wanted to tip them last week. But $2.90 again, is great I'm, odds. I'm waiting for that flip like the Tigers kind of did on the weekend, but uh, good coaching, solid side, no injuries at this point in time. They've been able to keep the same side, but William Hill has Canberra very short, $1.42, so that's very juicy about the Titans. $2.90 for them, minus 7.5 is a line. I wouldn't mind that start, that's for sure. Uh, and again, the one to twelve markets, I couldn't see it leaving that bracket for either side. So three ten for the Raiders, Gold Coast four fifty, and if you like twelve and a half starting a multi, a dollar fifty one for the Titans. That's great value. I think Titans thirteen plus isn't a bad seven bucks. Like, come on. No, I don't know. They beat the Tigers plus, by. But... They beat the Tigers by twelve. Should have won by a lot more. Look, I think if Canberra play the way they did in the second half, the Titans will put a score on them. Gossip's on the Raiders in that one, but we go to the next game. It is the Roosters, and it is Manly. Brendan Elliott comes in for Dale Copley in the centres, and they've got two blokes potentially debuting on the bench. Aloni Vunikitsi, he's a 28-year-old front row from Fiji, who's on the bench for Ian Henderson, and Abraham Papali, who played on the wing, but basically he's a massive front row. He's wearing 24, so one of those blokes... Most likely gets a debut, maybe both, if he drops Mitchell Fry, who made his debut last week, off the bench. I haven't liked anything I've really seen from them so far. Manly haven't been that great either, but the fact Brett Stewart's back, they got a win last week and they got a little bit of confidence and no changes, I'm going to go with them. I'm going the Roosters. Um, look, I think bounce back factor, I know they got beat by 40-0 last week, but I haven't really liked what I've seen from Manly either. Uh, I think the Roosters need to win more than Manly. Um, short, bit of a short turnaround for Manly as well on the back of the Monday night game. So I'm happy to go with the Roosters, but not much confidence. And no. I wouldn't have much confidence tipping Manly either. Well, so. This one, I, I don't either, but I'm just going. I think they'll be a little more proppy, and I didn't see any positives really from that 40-0 game. But who knows? Hopefully this is the way they turn it around. They definitely need to. They're $2.38, the Roosters. Outsiders at home with William Hill. Manly, $1.60 favourites. Minus four is the line there on that game. But then we move on to one Sunday game. So Easter Sunday, the only game you get it is the Dragons and the Panthers down there at Wynn Stadium. 
the Dragons, they've gone with an unchanged lineup from their win. The Panthers, Trent Merrin and uh, Wanga Blake, they both return. Isaiah Yo goes back to the back row. Elijah Taylor and Tyron Peachy back to the bench. And Lattimore is suspended with James Fisher-Harris being the 18th man. This one, where do, you, where do you go with this one? We've got Gossip here. He's gone with the Dragons, so he's liking the unchanged side in the defense. But what do you think? I think Josh McCrone stinks, and if it's dry, um, Penrith will win. So I'm going to tip Penrith. Yeah, well, that was probably the one thing I was going to ask you. I mean, Penrith have got more points in them than the Dragons do on a dry track. If it rains, points, so. if it rains, the Dragons win. But I don't think it will rain, and I think Penrith, based on what I saw last week, they'll they'll win. Well, I think they've been as tough as the Dragons, and I was going to highlight that from last week. Dead set, Josh McCray. You know what really annoys me? He has that thing in the play the ball. He stinks. Where he hooks up the bloke, and he crawled like three metres forward, and they still penalise us out. Like, he should get penalised for that. It's absolutely... And he put a kick in on the second tackle. Don't, don't, no, just, don't, I, don't, I don't need to hear it. Yeah. Well, bad. Unless Benji comes back, but obviously yeah, well, we're tipping on a Tuesday. We don't know that. So No, you don't know that. He was on uh, 360 when we walked in before, but I didn't hear his reasons of him supposedly not playing or not being picked. Yeah, but I was saying he wasn't chosen. Then he might have been good to go. That's what I was waiting. What, Sick, over Josh McCray? Yeah, well, I don't leave, know. Leave me alone. I don't know. I'm just saying. Might have to watch it later on. But the Dragons, they are the favourites of William Hill. They're $1.70. The Panthers, $2.15. Minus 2.5 is the line in that game. There's plenty of value this week. Yeah, there is a lot of value. Again, I don't really see this one being a blowout either way. I think they're both gritty sides. Dragons don't generally give away a score. Mind you, they caught one from uh, the Sharks, but that was a that was a very rare week. But $3.25, $1.12 for the Dragons, three eighty five for the Panthers. Monday, three games. You get a triple there on Easter Monday. It kicks off with the Warriors versus Newcastle. They're finally... Put the man in, Conrad Harrell. I have no idea why they bothered to put him on the bench, though. That just seems pointless. Sam Lasano returns as well. Gavay and Nathaniel Roach make way. Uh, Nathaniel Roach injured so last will week. So will he play if he's on the bench? Well, they've named no one else on an extended bench. So. No, but that doesn't mean that he can't put someone in. No, nah, but I'm saying, if he usually he's, he's had an extended bench the last few he weeks. He keeps naming Martellino to start and never starts him. Yeah, either. but he keeps putting an extended bench with 20 players. This is the first week he hasn't, so I'm assuming. What a crock. That he's going to be playing this week. I don't know why on the bench, though. It seems like a wasted spot. Yeah. Uh, Tavago keeps his spot there. So Isaac Luke, obviously not good to go. Robson keeps his spot as well. Uh, is he, that maybe Is that maybe as as insurance say you throw Conrad Harrell into the centres, move Asher to the wing and move Lola here into the halves, if that's not working? God knows. Punt Robson? If he's, I, I if he's, if he's going to bring him on to take a couple of silly carries and play in the middle, he's wasting his time. And, and much like the Lewis Brown move, why bother? tell you the one... If they're looking for a back rower, they could have put Ali, Ali Lawatiti and he played well in New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Well, that week Killed before, it. I watched that game and he made a line break, he set a try up. And we he scored, scored, two, scored two tries on the weekend, yeah. went really well. Yeah, one of them I saw was, not saying, it, it's hard to score a try full stop. One was a crappy little one. I'm telling you, the week before against the Tigers, he was close to best on ground. Yeah, so I, I don't understand if that's so. why he's got Conrad. That's what I'm trying to work it out. I don't understand it. It's so, a wasted spot. If he's yeah. put him on to take a couple of power carries and the earn your way but back even in, I, I didn't pointless. really... I watched him in cup and thought mm, he was okay. I, I don't know yeah, why... He, was, like, he wasn't brilliant the week I before. think he's better than Aishford offensively, but I think Aishford's been pretty solid defensively over the first few weeks, and I'm not his biggest fan, but I don't know whether he deserves to be dropped for Harold based on what I've seen. Yeah, okay, he's put too much thought in it. God knows what he's going to do, but they just need to get a win. The well, I think this is the issue. Like, just pick your best side. Yeah, well, he's not. He just keeps fiddling with it and all yeah. these little carrots they're dangling. It's just stupid. Uh, you know, Newcastle there unchanged. Corey Dennis, the two-try debutante, keeps his spot there. Good for him. Uh, and also Mickey Payer, he made a pretty good return last week along with Paulie Paulie off the bench. 
They're the outsiders, obviously, though. Surely we're all tipping the Warriors. Yeah. Gossip's gone to the Warriors. I'm but not back. It wouldn't, be, wouldn't surprise if they lose 13 plus. No, we're much like week one when we tipped them to beat the Tigers and then we said, who you reckon's most likely to lose? Yeah. We said the Warriors were the one. Uh, they're $1.22. That's that's pretty hefty. Four forty for Newcastle. A bit of a slap in the face well, after last week. If they both play, if the Warriors play their best footy, they, they deserve to be at that price, but who knows? Yeah. Minus 12.5 is the line there. I don't mind the 12.5 start, to be honest, on Newcastle, $1.91. Pretty good value. Um, the Warriors, God knows what you're going to get. But if they're going to win one, this is it. The second game on the Monday, usually a good one. West versus Parra. It's been good the last few years. Uh, as far as changes for that one, Chris Lawrence, he's suspended. So Hallertown moves to the back row and Robbie Farrah comes back in. You to see if he puts his ego, his massive, massive ego aside and blends in and gives these young blokes in Tedesco the football. On the Parra side, Ma'u. He returns to suspension. Kenny Edwards back to the bench. Gow back to 18th man. Eels, that's what I'm Yeah, saying. I'm tipping Eels, but it's more because I'm pushing the wait-and-see button on Robbie Farrer and how he mixes in with the Tigers. But based on what I saw last week, and you, Manu Mo comes back in. Yeah. Uh, David oh, Gow. I reckon they'll bash their forwards. David Gow, who stinks, he's he's out. They won with a, basically a makeshift side, and a few guys busted last week, the Eels, if they're all fit and firing. And they say that Kieran Foran's conditions improving I'll be interested to see how he looks but well gossip he's yeah. got the opposite he went the Tigers and William Hill there with us they're a fifty-four. the Parramatta Eels two fifty for the Tigers minus four and a half is the line I do think this one will be a tight game so looking more at the one to twelve markets four oh five for the Tigers three ten for the Eels and it wraps up Monday night hopefully a very good game if the Sharks stick up and show a bit more effort they play the Melbourne Storm Melbourne They've gone unchanged. All they've done is put Tohu actually into the centres, which they basically did last week. Kenny Bromwich is the back rower, and the bench stays the same. So he hasn't given Curtis Scott another game. I don't think he dropped him for not playing well, but I think he gave the kid a taste. Saw the Warriors game, big stage last week, travelling and marking up on Qatar. Didn't want to burn an 18-year-old. Mm. Uh, and to be honest, I think Tohu does a pretty bloody good job, whether he plays centres, back row, even at 5'8". Yeah. He's a pretty bloody handy player. Kenny Bromwich was brilliant in the 20s, and when he made the step up, I thought he was different to Jesse. I thought he would adapt quicker. It's taken a couple of years, but I think the first few rounds, he's been one of our best players. So I'm happy for him to be there. Uh, the Sharks, they're the same 17 as well, despite going down. I just think time's going to be the biggest thing for them in figuring out their spine and getting a better role on. Um, but even away from home, when Melbourne do this thing at the start of the year, they collect points. I generally just keep tipping them. So yeah, I'm not going to tip them. I tipped the Warriors last week. The Warriors should have won that game. Uh, the Titans went with them for a long period of time. Uh, I think if the Sharks can get their shit in order, uh, they can win this game. However, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they, well if they don't, Melbourne win. So I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm tipping the Sharks, but not with much confidence. Yeah, well, Gossip, he's gone the storm as well. He's usually the one for the upsets on the Monday, but Cronulla are favourites at home. That's um, ridiculous. Melbourne's been outsiders the last couple of weeks. Last week, they were outsiders until Isaac Luke got pulled out of the game. So, um, early on, very surprising. Bookies showing a bit of doubt, but $1.70 for well, William Hill. It, it'll be a cl- bloody close game. We'd like if, to hope so. I yeah. thought, thought it was going to be close last year, Melbourne dusted them. So, I know it's a different time of the year, but if they do what they did on Monday night against Manly, Melbourne might struggle to put them wide. Well, they won't. Melbourne will put Correct. it in the sword. But so. I th- I, yeah. And I think the Sharks have had a they've had a decent run of sides. Like I, th- I think they've played some tough sides. Like, who did they play? Who did the Sharks play around one? They played the Cowboys, lost to the Cowboys. They played the Dragons. 
Um, obviously, who they dusted, but are pretty good defensively. Cowboys very good defensively. They got vintage Manly. I then they know. run into Manly. So vintage I think Manly too. The Sharks have. I think the Sharks have had a pretty tough run. They're pretty hardened. Mind you, Melbourne. Are, Melbourne are pretty much the same. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good game. Yeah. So Sharks are a dollar seventy with WilliamHill.com. Two dollars fifteen about the Melbourne Storm minus two and a half is the line. Uh, I know I've basically said it for all the games and it didn't happen last week, but 1-12 to 12 is the one you look at this one. Melbourne, pretty gritty side, not a lot of points. Sharks struggling for points at the moment. You know, they're willing to get down and dirty. 325, 1-12 for the Sharks. 385 for the Storm. So it looks like I'm a bit on my own this week. I went the Eagles solo. You've both went uh, the Roosters. I'm the only one who went the Cowboys solo. We've got difference. You're the only one on the Sharks. We're both on the Eels. He's on the Tigers. Yeah, there's a lot of differences. There's a few results that could go different ways. And to finish things off with Gossip's Gossip Bag this week, uh, he's got the Panthers in talks with Cameron King. I'm pretty sure he told us this a couple of weeks ago. Basically, they've got a fair few backup hookers over there. Losing Pete's wasn't ideal, but they've got DeGoyce. They've got Kaiser Pritchard. Cameron King, for those of you who don't know, uh, former gun, Australian schoolboy, had a bad run of injuries, got to play... In the Dragon side a couple of years ago, moved to the Cowboys, hasn't been healthy, so... Well, he's blown his knee out twice, hasn't he? Hard one, I think it was a shoulder, or a peck, and an end of knee, so he's had a bit of everything, but um, he was the former junior kangaroo all those years ago, just never been healthy, so more of a depth movie, guess, for the Panthers? Yeah. Having well, no, no Nines, no Katoa, yeah. no Seguiara at this point in time. Uh, Ian Henderson to immediately retire, as I mentioned earlier Good before. Move. Good move. Um, a hard start of the year. Sad way to see things end, but hey, that's reality sometimes. Football, it's not a fair game. The Dragons in talks with Luke Keery. Things seem to be getting pretty serious, and Benjali definitely on the outer. So I applaud them for this. I know he's named his price and he's balked at what they offer him. I don't think 300 is too bad for a bloke. No, I disagree. Um, at his age, to be honest. I disagree. And what are they going to do if they get Keery? Don't know. Probably have to put hushes in, or they're going to have to go for somebody else. But exactly, I wouldn't be bound down to the pressure. He got overs when he come back. He come back in hand, and they paid him. So I don't care. That's their choice. Yeah, but he's talking money, and I think they did the right thing by him. I think Marshall get four hundred somewhere else. Now we'll wait and see if anyone's interested. He's talking about retiring now. I think he will. So and he doesn't want to go to the Super League. So wait and see what happens there. And the Titans, happy days for you. If they got this player, Matt Gillette, they're in talks. Yeah, I hope so. I honestly, not shooting it down. I don't think he'll leave Brisbane, but I think you guys can obviously make a much more sizable offer. But I just don't Well, this is the thing. This is what annoys me about Brisbane. They can pinch our players, but we can't pinch theirs because they've got a lot bigger pot to call from or to to pull from. It's bullshit. The salary cap's a joke. So, yeah. Until, and that's what, that's the other thing that Todd Greenberg needs to get onto the, the TPAs and the, the bullshit advantage the richer clubs have got over yeah, the poorer we, we clubs. Don't even talk you mentioned a hundred times. They're, but, they're one well, of this the, is a perfect example. Like you just said, he won't leave Brisbane, which he probably won't. No. But realistically, how the hell do they keep him? They won't get to the mark, but they'll get enough. They'll find it's enough. A joke. But the, the big reason is third parties. So, yeah, that not, is the reason. Yeah, they won't. Like I said, they won't hit that mark, but they'll get close enough, or they'll get around there enough money to go. Like, look. Do you really want to go to a real building, rebuilding side for the next couple of years, or would you rather just stay here and keep pushing for comps? And they'll get close enough. There's no doubt about it. So unless the numbers just astronomical, but again, they're refusing to pay overs for everyone, and I doubt that Neil Henry will be willing to break that. So uh, generous offer, no doubt. But that's all he's got for this week. You've got our tips, and you've got all the odds thanks to WilliamHill.com. Remember, if you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure that you do it with William Hill. 
don't be with the dinosaurs at the tab and all these other guys where you have to ring up to put on a live bet, bet live in play on your phone or on your computer. How good is that box head? Right, it is great, sensational. We need to put a charity bet on. We yep. went down this weekend. I've got one for you. Agree or disagree? I've got both the Good Friday games, either side to win by 12 points or less. So whoever wins the game, it won't be by 13 plus in either game. I'd Broncos, be, I'd Cowboys. Be fine of those, yeah. No, it's a double. So we take the double, dollar seventy-five each of them. Either team to win by under twelve and a half points gives us three dollars oh six. Yeah, I don't think either would be for even the South being short. I think they'll fire up, and dogs don't have points. I either. think the no-brainer the Brisbane Cowboys game. I think that'll be, be a tight contest. And I think the South Canterbury game will be tight because Canterbury don't have points in it. But going through, looking at these other games. Yeah. There's not a lot of value, unless you're going to back one of those sides head-to-head, one of the yeah, outsiders. You don't like getting massive legs. I'd be happy to throw a couple no. of 12 and a in, but you won't. So. No. Uh, yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. There's no one else really here that's an outside. Like I said, I like the Cowboys at $2.30, but that one, again, could go either way. So yeah. I'd be happy to throw it on them, or I'd be happy to go Melbourne at 2.15 or a couple of these starts, but I like that. So what's that, 3.05? Yeah. So it'll give us 205 bucks. So charity bet for the week. South and Canterbury and Brisbane, North Queensland. Basically, neither of those games will be a victory margin. Well, the, the winner just has plus. to be 1 to 12. Yeah. It's going to be 1 to 12. Yeah. 305, potentially another 205 with the bank after you take out the yeah, state. Thanks, Cronulla, so, for bombing our multi. Good times. And thank you, William Hill, for being back on board again this year for our charity bets. Uh, very generous last year. $2,834, I think it was, we raised for the Guide Dogs Association. Well, you raised. Got a letter of appreciation from them the other day so big thanks to them great to support such a great cause in the last few years the Starlight Foundation helping sick children um, brighten up their day and then the year that before that we did the Shepherd Foundation no relation to us at all no. that was helping giving uh, deaf kids a voice so a couple of very good causes we'll have to decide on a new charity for this year but big thank you as we said to William Hill and that wraps us up buddy Fast Five done answered the questions of the fans reviewed the games tips Dunny's Gossip, everything from William Hill. Big thanks to Rugby League Coaching Manual and obviously Kaizen Sports, what you're a part of this year. Still got to get a bit of a live read-up for them. But uh, anyone out there potentially looking to get coached by the man himself sitting next to me, Boxhead, it's 12 to 17s, I think it was, from what yeah, I read. Wide bracket. So, so yeah, there's an opportunity there. Um, we'll get some more details for you guys next week, especially, like I said, people out there with young kids looking to get some help and further develop their rugby league. But that finishes us for the week. Enjoy Done. your week. And enjoy your rugby league and have a great Easter weekend. Don't eat too much chocolate. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.